passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof rack, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with the eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts that you need at the prices that you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You know, summer is coming, the sun is shining, shirts are off, and your balls are smooth. You heard me right. Your friends at Manscaped, they're here to make sure that your beach balls are as smooth as the Floridian sand, my friends. In the summertime, you know, you want to kill some cold beers and some barbecues. Not kill the vibe with your pubes picking out of your swim trunks. That's why Manscaped has their performance package 4.0. That's to keep the party in your pants, my friend, looking crisp and refreshing all summer long. Four million men have trusted Manscaped. Why shouldn't you? It all starts and stops by going to manscaped.com and get 20% off and free shipping if you use my promo code Bubba. The Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 has everything that you need to prepare for that summer bod. Inside this package, you're going to find the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold it all, my friends. You want to take your grooming game even further? Take a look at the Manscaped Shears 2.0. In that package, it has everything that you need to look pristine. Nail cutters, tweezers, grooming scissors. Go to manscapes.com and go crazy. They got everything you potentially possibly could need. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code Bubba at manscapes.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code Bubba at manscaped.com. This is the summer to turn your package into the full package, my friend. And it all starts and stops at manscaped.com. Listen, I have had my Manscaped stuff now for about a year. I don't know what I would do without it. As a matter of fact, I've now got all my co-hosts on the Manscaped deal. All the male co-hosts on my show have almost everything Manscaped offers. Why wouldn't you? Reduce the risk of ingrown hairs. You reduce the risk of grooming accidents. Again, all of this craziness starts and stops at manscaped.com. Use promo code Bubba for 20% off. It's the Bubba the Love Spot Show. Well, to say that I uh, wasn't nervous would be a lie, because I'm so nervous right now. I've been doing radio 35 years, and this is the one guy that I'm nervous to interview. Brett, are you there? I'm here. Are you you familiar with me at all, Brett Favre, and how big of a fan I've been over my broadcasting career? Uh, It sounds like I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) We We do have one friend in common. And Deion Sanders. What a great guy. And I actually, I met Deion back in 1994 here in Tampa when he was doing his rap album because I was like the number one night guy, you know, on the top 40 stations. So Deion was promoting his album and he found out I was a Packer fan and he didn't really like that too much, but we kept in touch and stuff. And then when you guys played in 95, the NFC Championship game in, in Dallas, um, Dion invited me out there and, you know, to watch the game. So I'm staying at Dion's house. I was real fat back then. I almost got stuck in his bathtub. And, and so, so, so I go to the game and Dion, I, I, I go to the game with Dion and he tells all the security guys I can, you know, walk wherever I want to go and stuff. But all I want to do is go over to the Packers, you know, sideline. So I'm looking at, I was like, man, there's, there's Jim McMahon. There's Chris Jackie. There's Brett Favre. Oh, my God. So at halftime, I'm in the locker room with Dion, and he goes, Spunt, Bubba, where you been all game? I go, I've been over at the Packers side of the game. You know, that's, that's, it's like, don't forget who brought you to the game. You better. So I had to stay over on the <laughs> Dallas side for the, whole, for the whole rest of the game, and then you guys end up getting beat. And, you know, do you, do you remember that game? Dion says the reason they won that game is because they were able – you guys were up – it was 17-17, to 17, and Gil Haskins got hit – you threw, you threw a pass to Brooks, and they went into the sidelines, and Gil Haskins took like 15 or 20 minutes, and Dion says they were able to look like a, 
you know, schemes and things like that and figure you out. And that's what the advantage was is because Gil Haskins got hurt. Well, I remember uh, everything you're saying. I, I don't know if I, uh, you know, they were tough to beat. It seemed like we went down there every year and, and was turned away. Now they were great. Uh, they were really good. So I don't know. I remember when Gil got hit and almost killed him. I know it was – people didn't really realize how bad it was. The ambulance came and everything. Yeah, oh, yeah, it was bad. And, and uh, Gil is still alive today, but it, he's never been the same. Um, that He suffered some major head and, and brain uh, injuries. But, I, I, you know, that – Dion would know better than I. They won the game. Um, but I, I think that uh, – Keith Jackson no. had a big game, if I remember that night. Keith Jackson yeah. was setting them on fire. Yeah, you know, they that run they made, you know, they uh, even when Barry Switzer took over, they won one and, and really should have won the next one. Um, they were almost unbeatable. Uh, they, they just were loaded at every position. You guys beat them in Lambeau a few times, and I think Dion got a pick six on you one time in Lambeau. He did. He did. <laughs> and... and uh, I, Every time I talk to him, I'm, I'm constantly reminded, as if I need to be, like, Dion, you solidified your career. My pick doesn't make you any better or any worse. Oh, he's so all tall. He, he, he likes to always bring that up. Anytime I talk to him, like, I'm trying to get him a free van right now through my buddy Explorer Van, and he's and, and I told him I was going to have you on a couple days ago. And he goes, make sure you remind him about that pick six at Lambeau. <laughs> <laughs> I said, how about I remind him when Favre uh, beat you guys, FSU, and what, was that 89? You guys beat him in 89? Yeah, but he had, he had left. That was the first year he, he was I know, but you had T-Buck, Edgar Bennett, and I forget. Leroy. And Leroy Butler all on that team. Yeah. yeah. And that was yeah. just after you got hurt that, that that's July. You got your your, your 30 inches no, of intestine, or was that, that a year later? That was the following year. Uh, that was – we beat Alabama similar fashion. Uh, I was in my car wreck right before my senior season. In fact, July 14th is when I wrecked. I had surgery August 8th to remove almost three and a half feet of intestines and, uh, and ended up playing against Alabama September 8th. And so they told they awesome. were they were actually wanting you to red shirt. I think I remember I saw an article yeah. where they're like, "Hey, Brett, red shirt." And you're like, "No, man, I I got to come out. I got to I got to do it." And they're like, "There's no way this guy is going to play. They got 30 inches of his intestine cut out." Yeah, uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, I had a red shirt year. I could have used it. Um, in in all honesty, had I you you never know. Had, had I used it, who knows. Had you used it, then Ron Wolf maybe I gotten you with the Packers the next year because he loved you. Correct. Maybe maybe I would have moved up to the first round and ended up with a bad team, um, but the way it played out was perfect. A lot of people uh, don't realize that Ron Wolf was what was for the Jets, and he thought he had you as the number one guy in the entire draft. He had he wanted you so bad, and he couldn't believe that you slipped to thirty three. And Atlanta got you, and then the Packers hired, I think Ron Wolf mid-season or something like that, and he met the team in Atlanta, and he because he wanted to get one last look at you, but the Packer media and stuff were were greasing him too bad because he couldn't. You were supposed to. He wanted to watch you warm up. This is when you're playing for the Falcons in '91, right. and he wanted to watch you warm up because you were partying and not really taking anything serious and living the Atlanta life, just got a $350,000 signing bonus. You, you and your brother were just getting crazy. And and they did, he wanted to see if you still had the arm that he thought you did, but he didn't get a chance to see you even warm up that uh, that game. And that's when I think Billy Joel Tolver got replaced by Chris Miller, and they came back and beat the, and you guys beat the Packers, I think. Yeah, I, I... I vaguely remember, but uh, Chris Miller, either the previous week or the week before that, had gotten hurt. Uh, Billy Joe came in, threw a Hail Mary against the 49ers at home at Fulton County Stadium. Uh, we won the game. Uh, we had a great year that year. Chris Miller had a fantastic statistical year. Uh, but you're right. He came back in. We did beat the Packers. I had no clue who Ron Wolf was. Never heard of him. No. Didn't know that he was – uh, monitoring my every move 
Oh. And I think Tom Zach was the I think Mikowski was hurt, and Tom Zach was the quarterback. And the Packers looked like a million bucks. They had the the thirty nine running back, and they were they were looked great. They were they were killing you guys. And then I think I, there was a fumble on a on a kickoff deal, and and Atlanta got back in, and that's and they yanked Tolliver and brought Chris back in, and then they beat you. And that's when Ron Wolf knew that he wanted you, and I think he had to go to the executive committee in Green Bay, and then there's this whole big far flunk the physical deal, and Ron got pissed off and fired a bunch of doctors and everything. I, I think that's what I remember reading. Yeah, I don't know how, what what happened as far as uh, the firing, but I did flunk the physical. <laughs> and he said, hey, this guy's got three years at best. Like, what are you doing, Ron? Right. Jeez. Yeah, they said he'll play three. Now, if you back up a year, I was I was failed by not a lot of teams were looking for a quarterback early uh, in my draft. Two quarterbacks were taken in the first round. Todd Marinovich went to the Raiders, and uh, Dan McGuire went to the Seahawks. Um, I mid mid first round, I think both. So uh, it wasn't really a quarterback uh, rich draft, but. I know Atlanta didn't fail me on the physical because they drafted me. But my understanding is the Raiders and, and the Raiders are probably going to get Marinovich anyway because Al Davis kind of likes them at, at that time make a splash. And Marinovich was the big name. And they had, uh, they had really marketed Marinovich too as like this guy guy that his dad didn't lead, let him eat lean meat and he only right. ate chicken and fish and he was like this you know, ultimate like kind of like remember Jeff George was supposed to be that guy coming out of Indiana remember like, like that yeah. that kind of hype never yeah. had chocolate <laughs> no never know. had chocolate never played in the mud never you know got worms or anything like we did as kids none of that well, stuff right right. You can't draft those guys. No, you. I mean, look at you draft Jeff George. Look, I mean, look at him. You end up being a gen, gen, uh, well. I'm from Indiana too, so it really hits home on the Jeff George deal. I grew up in Little Warsaw, Indiana, and my dad was born and not born, but spent time in Baraboo, Wisconsin. So here I am in Indiana, and all everybody's a Bears fan because the Colts weren't even in Indiana back then. So, but I was a Packer fan. I'm talking about John Brockington and MacArthur Lane and Lynn Dickey and Paul Kaufman and Ezra Jones. Like, and we would have to get on top of our house and point the antenna to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, WTMJ. And we'd listen to Max McGee if he was sober and doing the play by play. And it was, that's, I grew up a complete Packer fan all of my life, and then we would sometimes get a go to when the Packers played at Milwaukee County Stadium, we could sometimes get tickets for that because sometimes you could get tickets. You couldn't get tickets to Lambeau. Even back in the 70s when they sucked, you couldn't get them. Even when Jerry – even when John Hadle was the quarterback, you couldn't get tickets back then. Yeah, yeah. You know, that that was really uh, uh, a very – eye-opening experience for me when I got traded up there. Uh, you know, when I was traded, uh, there was a lot of confusion in my head. There was mixed emotions. But the one thing that I hung my hat on was I was I was drafted in the second round, didn't play as a rookie, a few plays. Uh, First, well, actually, one was an interception, wasn't it, to yourself or something like that? I didn't throw any regular season passes. So we're playing the Redskins in the, in the, uh, I don't think it was a championship game, but we were playing them in RFK. Right. Um, which has been long gone. And they were one of those teams like the Cowboys were, uh, several years later. They were virtually unbeatable. Mark Ripien was, you couldn't get close to him. He had receivers out the wazoo and they ran it at, at will. They, they really, whatever they wanted to do, they could do. So I'm, I'm the third string quarterback. We're down something like 48 to 14 in the last three or four minutes. So Glanville, typical Glanville. Get in there, Mississippi. Get in there, Mississippi. <laughs> Mississippi, if you didn't and spend my, all your money on the beer money, go ahead and get in there, Mississippi. Do what you got. <laughs> Exactly. My first pass was actually a perfect pass. I threw a crossing route to uh, Mike Pritchard, who was drafted in the first round the same year I was drafted in the second. And went right through his arms, right into the linebacker's hands, and he caught it on a death sprint. So that was my first pass. Um, But I was traded 
for a first round pick, even though I did everything in my power unknowingly to be drafted or to be traded for nothing. Yeah, like I forget there's a lot of guys like, why would you give a first round for this guy? We'd be lucky to get a fifth for him. You know, he, yeah. Glanville hates him. Well, well, why would you give a first round pick for anyone drafted in the second round who didn't play <laughs> the year? Because Ron yeah. Wolf was was the man. I mean, Ron Wolf, I mean, God, some of Ron Wolf's drafts were unbelievable. He got Trousher yeah, in the worked. seventh. He got, I mean, he got some, he, uh, he, T Buck, uh, I, I think I didn't. I think Ron Wolf was instrumental in getting Reggie to Green Bay. You know, instrumental in getting Reggie. He brought in uh, guys like Frank Winters, who was a starting center for us for 16 years, and was undrafted free agent. Uh, got him, which then was called Plan B free agency. Um, he, he brought him over. He had, there were so many guys that he brought in that you. I mean, were head scratchers Wolf, that ended up contributing to our success. I, I mean, Ron Wolf got Scott Wells, Donald Driver, uh, Tra- uh, Mark Trousher, and I, I think Antonio Freeman in the seventh. All on the yeah. in the is the fifth. I think got Dorsey in the fifth, got Campin in the fifth, and got in Fre- and Freeman in the third. But he got Troucher, who ended up being just a stud tackle. He was he was one your yeah. guy for the one. Donald Hall of Fame. Donald Driver. I mean, another you, Packer Hall of Fame. Uh, you know Scott Wells. A lot of people don't realize how good he was. Great center from Tennessee. Adam Timberman. I mean, yeah. I mean these who, who somebody one of those guys came from South Dakota State in the seventh round. I mean, Ron Wolf was the man. That's why you give away a first-round draft pick for Brett Favre, who you know isn't taking life too seriously in Atlanta, and just partying. And then you go to Green Bay, and they're horrible. I mean, they're horrible. They're up. They're they're up there. You know, they haven't had really anything going on. They went through Forrest Gregg. They had Lindy and Fondy. They had Bart. Tried to. They they just not. They were just horrible. Then they had the Magic Man, which we've had Don on before. Uh, and Don gave him a little glimpse of hope, but you know, yeah. it took it took the the gunslinger from Kill, Mississippi, to come in there and just and just and just turn things around. I remember the game that you did it on. It was the Cincinnati game. You came, what what was the first thing you said when you got into the huddle? Because you guys were getting your ass kicked, and the Magic Man just got hurt. What did you say when you first got in the huddle? That first play. Well, we were down seventeen three. I came in. Um, they were two and zero. We were zero and two at the time. Um, they were playing lights out. We everything that could go wrong went wrong. So they put me in, and, and uh, you know, of course, if you'd asked me prior to going in, "Are you ready?" I would have said, "Hell yeah, I'm ready." But really, as in hindsight, I was far from ready. I was raw to say the least, and and uh, just just from a a, a simple terminology aspect, uh, how you call plays, how you use a snap count, things like that. I didn't have reps to even accomplish anything in, in that regard. Better yet, play in a real game. Um, so when I got in the, the huddle, our, all five of our linemen were older vets in their 30s. Tootie Robbins, James Campen, Ron Hallstrom. Ron Hallstrom, uh, uh, Ken Rutgers and Rich Moran. All old timers, right? They got this old timer. Yeah, and, like this kid coming and as in. I learned, as I learned over the years, linemen get grumpy, especially the old ones. Yeah. You know, they're, they're kind of stuck in their ways. And I got in the huddle and I said, all right, guys, we're going to win this game. You know, I was like, give them a little all right. And I think Ron Holster was, was the one who said it. He said, hey, shut the F up. Call the play. Yeah. And I was like, uh, okay, you know, so much for the rah-rah stuff. And then when you threw it, it uh, nobody had seen that type of motion before. Like you th- literally, the first cut there, again, these are the first passes you're getting to throw in a real live game. And it looked like you were like Nolan Ryan, the way you were just throwing them as hard as you possibly could. Well, I was, uh, <laughs> which was uh, – a little bit too hard. There's a time and place for it. I learned that over the years. 
Yeah, like a lot of wide receivers, I think that Sterling used to bitch about how hard you'd throw it at practice. Like, he's like, I wish you'd take it off a notch at practice because you heard Yeah, he bitched about everything. But (laughs) he was great. I heard a rumor, I don't even know if this is true or not, that one time I think Sterling signed a big new contract or held out for a few weeks or something like that, and he came into the huddle after maybe just rejoining the team, and you kind of gave him a smart-ass comment about, now you're making all that money once you catch the damn ball. He missed a ball or something like that. And, and, I, yeah, I think I said something. I'm not sure what it was, but I, I really, uh, in, in all honesty, I was out of place because he had established himself, and he could pretty much say what he wanted because he backed it up. But he missed a ball, and he was getting a little bitchy, and supposedly Brett Favre said, well, they're paying you all that damn money. You should catch it. <laughs> uh, knowing me, I probably said something like that, but then I probably quickly said, this is what I hang my hat on, Sterling Sharp. Oh. I better he was he was good. He and you know what I, I I know that he was up potentially for the Hall of Fame this year. And Leroy got in there, and Leroy is obviously you know very accomplished. But boy, I I think Sterling Sharpest should be in the conversation to be in the Hall. I know he got hurt early, but God, I don't know. I know if you're oh, making. I mean, he's he was the man. Well, to me, there's two, and of course I'm biased, but there's two that should be without a doubt in the Hall of Fame. Mike Holmberg is is easily. If you go by criteria that, in no, no disrespect to Dick Vermeil and Tony Dungy, but if you just go look at the numbers, well, there's no reason why he's not in there. Yeah, like why is it just because I think there's too many Packers? There's too many Packers from that era. I mean, this is when the Packers from that era are going to get in. Reggie's in, obviously. You're in. You know, Leroy's in. Um, do they think that it's just too Packer? I mean, are the Bears fan bitching or something like that? Well, I think I, I think. First and foremost, the the selection committee is it's a biased committee, and I and I don't mean that negatively. I just it is what it is. So you got a bunch of guys in a room that say, "What about such and such? What about Sterling Sharp?" Well, doesn't have good enough statistics, or didn't play long enough, or someone brings up Mike Holmgren, and. A lot of the selection committee, or a fair amount, is, is writers or NFL media to, right. to some extent. Spe- maybe, they were, maybe special interest to a small extent as well, you know, network yeah. network deals and things like that. Who's on network TV, who's not, you know. It, you know, Holmgren's not been real TV-friendly He's just Mike Holmgren's Mike Holmgren, man. He just gets the job done. You know, sorry about the Cleveland deal, uh, but I mean, you know, he uh, he's he's not a media darling, and it's like some. I think a lot of that's maybe plays into the part a little bit. Yeah, and it's, and, and that's exactly what I'm saying. It shouldn't. Oh. Whatever is playing into him not being selected is is unfair. Just go by the numbers and the longevity. He 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 won a Super Bowl with us. Lost the following one. Took Seattle to a Super Bowl, should have won that one. Has 100 wins with two different teams. You know, multiple, multiple playoff appearances. And boy, did uh, he get mad at you several times when you go out there and gunsling it and try to get it work, work one in there, and then you get a little pick. Boy, he would be full. What's the maddest he? Because you could see it on the side as a fan. You could see it. You know, even the commentators would be like, "Oh, you know, Favre's going to get a. You know, Mike Holmgren isn't really happy with the gunslinger right now. I don't know." And then, then you know, then maybe Mariucci or somebody would try to come settle you down. But like, what would? What's the maddest Mike would ever get at you? You know, that's a tough one because there's so many <laughs> to pick from. I, I think after the Giants, I think it was my rookie, my, my first year in Green Bay, we played the Giants in the Meadowlands. And they still had a fair amount of the old guys that were at Lawrence Taylor, uh, Phil Sims, uh, Pepper Johnson, you know, those guys that, right. were, that, that were great players. But they were, they were getting up in age, and we had them beat. And I threw a, a pick to Pepper Johnson, but I on the same play, I, I I caused a fumble. So I knocked the ball out of his hand and I recovered the fumble all okay. in one play. So I threw a pick. Only you, Favre. Only you can throw only a pick, me. can tackle the big defensive lineman and get the fu- only you, Favre. Only you. And then the next play, I threw another pick and we <laughs> lost the game. Um, and the next day, 
he watched film with the quarterbacks, which he never did. Usually it was just quarterbacks and Mariucci. So he comes in and watches the film. And every it was the longest meeting ever. Now, we probably had 70 plays, give or take. He had something bad to say about every play, even the good ones. Even a nice completion rollback, you know, great feel. Read, read, uh, he, read the he check went down. In there with, he went in there with the – with with the intention of I am not giving this kid any credit because he doesn't deserve it. I'm gonna rip his ass from one end to the to the next. And he did. And he'd asked me, what were you looking at here? I would I would my my patented answer historically was uh uh <laughs> I'm not sure. He'd go to the next play. What were you looking at here? Would, uh, would Detmer kind of help you out sometimes? He was all smart and stuff. He, can we say? Yeah, Detmer would laugh. <laughs> he, even in the heat of the battle, he would laugh. Somebody told me, I don't know, I think it might have been you. I think I may have heard an excerpt of you saying that that you had to want to – they were talking about all this nickel stuff, nickel this and nickel that and then nickel, bringing in a dime with a nickel, and you, had, you turned to Detmer and said, what's a nickel? Like you didn't know what the, uh, the nickel deal was, the nickel defense. That's absolutely 100% correct. But it, it was about late second year. Ty was drafted my first year in Green Bay. So we were together uh, for three or four years and great friends. I love Ty. We talk, we still talk to today and, and have a great relationship. And that, and 90, and that, 92, that 92 draft was loaded. You had uh, Tyro Buckley. I think you had Brooks. You had Bennett. Detmer, yeah. I mean, that was that was a, that, that was a Wayne that, Simmons, Wayne Simmons, linebacker from Clemson. Yeah, we yeah we we were loaded. Uh, but Ty had won a Heisman Trophy at BYU, of course, put up astronomical numbers uh, at a time when you know today uh, they they put up any team puts up these numbers. But Ty was was a great example of knowing his limitations extremely high football IQ just never made a bad decision. Didn't have a, had a, had a rag arm at best. <laughs> Physically, he, if, if he walked in the locker room and you were, you know, in there waiting to get autographs from players, he would walk right past you and you would never think he was a player. You think he was a guy who's striping the field maybe or something. Exactly. Yeah. But he knew exactly where to throw it, how to throw it, um, you couldn't fool him defensive, uh, from a defensive scheme perspective. So uh, he was my go-to guy, but I was afraid to ask initially anyone what nickel meant. I just played along. Like, yeah, I shake my head. Yeah, yeah I know. Brad, you can yeah. see they put the nickel in on you. Yeah, yeah, I see it. The nickel. <laughs> yeah, they, you know, coaches would say, all right, now when we see nickel come in, we're going to go to our zebra package and we're going to, we're going to spread them out, and we're going to either run or throw based on how they line up. You know, and I'm thinking to myself, I probably should know what this means. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. I should probably know what nickel means, maybe. So one, one day, and I think it was the latter part of the second year, uh, finally I got up the nerve to ask. I said, Ty, what does nickel mean? And <laughs> he kind of looked at me like, Really? Are you serious? And I said, yeah, I'm serious. What's nickel? You know, I'm expecting some elaborate answer that, you know, would, would justify me not knowing what it is. Right. And he says, well, take out a linebacker, bring in a DB in his, in his spot. And I said, that's it? He goes, that's it. I said, what about dying? He goes, take out two backers, put in two DBs. I said, "What well, hell? Who cares about that? No wonder I didn't." Uh, no wonder know, Irv never Irv never taught me that dumb nickel stuff. Please, when we ran the wishbone, nickel and dime were something in your pocket. Yeah, and I guess in high school you never hardly passed much. You just ran it all the time. Yeah, I, you know, I don't, I don't know if, if we kept statistics back then, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna say I probably threw on average, and I'm being honest, two passes a game. We we literally my junior year we ran the wishbone. 
uh, which younger generation has no clue what that is. No, but that was that. I mean, if the boy, Oklahoma, that was like you know, which Nebraska. Boat, Nebraska. But it's but you got to have a stud ass quarterback that'll be willing to to take it up and pay the paper tiger quarterbacks nowadays. You couldn't. Can you imagine a team in the NFL as 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 protected as the quarterbacks are to run a wishbone? You got all these hundreds of millions of dollars invested in these dudes, and you they could never run away. Yo, I would too. I, th- I think they should have like at least ten wishbone plays mandatory. Well, I was going to say what they ought to do is say, okay, when you score a touchdown, the you you have to run a wishbone play for the extra point. For the extra point, yeah. no kicks. A wishbone play. It could be a pass, but it's got to be out of the wishbone. Yeah, and it also brings a fullback back into the deal too. Fullbacks are pretty much gone in the game, aren't they? I mean, yeah. you yeah. know, we're, we're in Tampa territory here. Obviously, Mike Allstott, you know, the big fullback that we grew up with. But a lot of people don't know, and I wanted to ask you if it's true: Was Tampa in the running when you were having your problems in Green Bay in '07? Supposedly, it was between the Bucks and the Jets. Yes, it, it, it came down to those two. Um, it, it's funny because. God, I would have been you, – you coming to Tampa would have been perfect. Well, there was – so the Packers, the day I left, we had a meeting at our house, my house in Green Bay, which was a half a mile from Lambert. And my wife was in town with me in my agent bus. And I knew I wasn't going to be in Green Bay. I, but uh, I, Roger Goodell had called me prior to me going to Green Bay several days before uh, – actually going and he said look you in order for you to be traded or whatever i know you don't want to play in green bay it sounds like they don't want you in green bay but you have to report to start the clock in, in other words right and uh, so you i know you don't want to go up there but you have to go to green bay to to initiate whatever so i went up met with mike mccarthy didn't go well. Met with Ted Thompson. Didn't go well. Ted, the last thing he said in our meeting was go back to your house and talk it over with Bus and Deanna. I, Mark Murphy, Jason Lee, and Russ Ball. Russ Ball was a new capologist. Jason Lee was a the, the I don't think he I don't think he's still there, but Jason was the team counsel. And, of course, Mark Murphy was a very new president, and Ted Thompson was GM. So they, he said, we'll come over in about an hour. So they came over, and basically they said, two teams want you <clears throat> via trade, Tampa and the Jets. Um, I thought about it, and I said, it's an easy choice for me, Tampa, yeah. because – John Gruden, I know John. Right, he was. He, 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 that was he, the guy he was, that he was our, he was John, our staff. John Gruden's the guy that picked you up at the airport on the Atlanta trade, I think. Correct. Yeah, a great relationship with John. I knew the offense, which was in, very important. I wouldn't have to go in and, and do any extra study, and I could go in and know it as well as anyone but John. Right. Uh, so we we talked about it. And I, the last thing was said in that meeting was, okay, we're going to fly home immediately. So when that meeting was adjourned, we went to the airport. And we'll talk about it on the plane. And when we get home, bus was going to call and solidify the plans. Right. So we talked about it on the plane, and it was an easy decision. I said, look, I'm going to go to Tampa. Have you ever thought about why your wireless bill is so damn expensive? It's all just radio waves. How much can a radio wave really cost? Seems like wireless got together and decided, I don't know, 100 bucks a month or so. I think the people will buy it. What choice are they going to have? Now, thanks to Mint Mobile, you're going to have a choice, my friend. Right now, Mint Mobile has wireless plans starting at $15 a month. That's unlimited talk and text for only 15 a month. Mint Mobile's 
service in comparison to the big providers are is just as crystal clear and just as good. You're just saving a lot of money. For anybody who hates their phone bill, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for only 15 bucks a month. All plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Choose from 3, 6, or 12-month plans and say goodbye to that monthly phone bill. Mint Mobile gives you the best rate whether you're buying for one or a whole entire family. And at Mint, families start at two lines. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same number along with all your existing contacts. Switch to Mint Mobile and get your first three months of premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, you got to go to mintmobile.com forward slash bubba. That's mintmobile.com forward slash bubba. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com forward slash bubba. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof rack, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with the eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts that you need at the prices that you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. There was two reasons. The familiarity of the offense and John Gruden, but also the fourth game of that year, they played the Packers. Right. How could you not want to play against your team that didn't want you? Well, so, and plus, you're going to stay within the within the conference, and you've been, you know, that you still play the Lions, you still play the Bears, you still play the Vikings. So it was more known territory. You know, you knew yeah. these defenses, you knew the facilities, you knew the hotel. I mean, it's just a lot of things. You know. Yeah, and and, and they had a good team. They really had a good team. Uh, so you would have been on with Sap. That Man, you awesome. and Warren Sapp together. Woo! That would have been that would have yeah, been good. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. Um, so when we got home, Bus went to his house. Me and Deanna came here to, to the house. And, and uh Bus, by the time I got to the house and got settled in, Bus said, Hey, are you watching the TV? And I said, No, why should I? And he goes, You've been traded to the Jets. And I, I could not believe that they did it without, and I could have vetoed it. Yeah, you I had you, said, you, you uh, had a veto in your, and you you could have made it hard on them. Um, and and I wanted to, but Bus said, "Look, you'll look like a spoiled brat if you don't go to the Jets." And he said, "I know. I mean, what the Packers did is legal, but we had an understanding that." We would make that we, would me and Deanna and, and Bus would make that decision. Was Deanna sold on on Tampa too? That's probably more Deanna like Tampa than than yeah. New York. Yeah, our youngest daughter at the time, who's now twenty three, was six, seven, something like that. She wanted to go to Tampa because it was close to Disney World. Yeah, and there's beaches, and you know, yeah. nobody wants to go to New York, especially if you're born and raised in the South. You know. But I think most, I think both of your daughters were pretty much raised in Green Bay, weren't they? True. Yeah. That had to be, you know, they, a lot of players say that it's, you know, a small town and it's not, 
you know, as 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 glamorous as like saying to go in other places. But I got to think for as as far as raising a family and trying to have some, it's it's a great it's you know you can have a woods out backside of your house. You know, you it's you yeah. can it's it's just probably better. Probably the public school systems. You don't have to send them to private school because the public school systems are great. You got great teachers. I mean, I got to think it would be a pretty good place to raise a family. Man, everything about Green Bay was was awesome. You know, and yeah, it got cold, but um, it was kind of a good change of, uh, you know, being from Indiana, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Down, down south, there's there's two seasons. I tell people all the time. There's hotter than hell and humid, and then not as hot and humid. Right. I mean, we don't get any, you know, and we're even more, in Tampa, we're more south than you. You probably yeah. got a little bit, you know, of relief. We get a little bit of winter, but I always wanted to experience snow and cold. Um because you know, Christmas Day can very easily be eighty-five and humid. Right, the, the daughters want to have a white Christmas with Santa Claus and, and all that kind of deal. And right. they want and they want their dad to take them to middle school with the, an exhaust pipe that's chained to the bumper. Exactly. Well, <laughs> I don't know if they wanted me to, but they had no choice. I heard a story that you're taking your daughter to middle school, and she's like, "My dad's just a regular dad. He had a white Chevy pickup truck, and he thought he was Johnny Handyman, and the muffler fell off. So here I am, Brett Favre's daughter, you know." Big guy in town, and he drops me off with the muffler chained up to the bumper because he thought he was Johnny Handyman, and then it fell off as soon as you she, you dropped her off. Well, every time I'd hit a bump, there was a little slack in the chain that was holding the, the muffler on. <laughs> so when I would hit a bump, it would it would ding and, and scrape against the asphalt. I mean, you're making and, pretty good money at this point, aren't you, Brad? I mean, you're probably making three, four million a year this year, I'm aware, yeah. Yeah, but I, I've always been a little bit frugal. Uh, until it fell off, I was going to go with it. And, and uh, who who was the guy on on all the years the Packers who were was like the over the top guy, like who had the Ferrari and had and had that? And then there's Brett Favre who's got the white pickup truck with the chain on the muffler. Yeah, our nose tackle. You probably remember Gilbert Brown, great yeah, guy, the grave digger. Gilbert. Ninety three. Gilbert had a car. He had a car for every day. For real. And, and then a spare just in case they added a few days. How how was Reggie? How was what what was was Reggie pretty responsible? Just you know you know. Reggie was aside aside from when you saw him in person was physically imposing. Like you kind of like wow. Other than that, he was as normal and just the the most easygoing. And greatest guy you could ever imagine. I mean, he you he would be in there cutting up with the guys, laughing at jokes, big teddy bear. And then all of a sudden, you know, and he never was was an angry guy, but he played angry. Well, I heard you your know? story about Jerkovic, and we have a about Miko Jerkovic pissing him off one time, and he yeah. and he blessed him and said some Jesus stuff, and then went to commence to kicking his ass. Well. One of our good friends on our show is Ty J Armstrong, former Buccaneer for the uh, for former tight end for the Buccaneers. Ty J <clears throat> played it. I think he played at Ole Miss. I think Ty J did. Yeah, uh, that doesn't help with Brett Favre. But anyway, uh, Ty J tells a story on the air that one time, you know, Reggie would take some plays off here and there occasionally. You know, like if it was like a sweep to the other side, Reggie may half, you know, half step it, whatever. And so Ty J went and he's a tight end and he blocked down on it and got a pretty good block on it, Reggie. Got a, got him pretty good. And then started talking all this nonsense, saying, "Yeah, I got you, ninety-two. You ain't nothing. I got you all day long." And Reggie goes, "God bless you, eighty-six. And it's gonna be real." And then went in like three straight moves in a row, swimmed him, gave him the club, and then in the and Ty just like the worst thing I said was is to ever brag or be up Reggie's butt because he will he'll bless you, tell you Jesus loves yeah. you, and then he's gonna make you look stupid. You're absolutely correct. I've seen it many a times. Like Reggie would be, you know, that position, there's certain positions on the field that your name's almost never called unless you hold, jump all sides, or get a sack or an interception. Uh, you, you you know, you're they run away from you every play, so you, you just kind of non-exist. And that would happen a lot with Reggie. And everybody's, you know, what's wrong with Reggie? Well, he's getting triple teamed, and they're running away from him. And – you know, he's a factor because he's taken up so many of their players. God forbid you ever curse him or talk trash. Oh, it was over. He had, a, he had a whole other gear, didn't he? 
then it, then it was a lot of pain and misery. I've seen it so many times. Um, now, when you were when you guys would go ones versus ones, and Reggie was on the team, would you have to worry about him being over there? I mean, I guess no. you probably can't hit the quarterback. No, he he would be he would be so disruptive had he played. Okay, I'm gonna play like I play in a game. We'd never get a playoff. I so. got I got something that I got something I got to show you, and I don't know what I should do with them, but my good friend. Uh, Darren Kearns was the equipment manager for Tony Dungy at the, in the Buck because I've lived in Tampa so long for the Buccaneers and the equipment managers um, for the Buccaneers knew I'm a Packer fan and they were the equipment managers for one NFL Pro Bowl and <clears throat> these are Reggie's Pro Bowl pants wow. that Dion got signed for me and they have the 92 you know they have the you know, they, they got all the, but I got one a pair. I think I should give these to his family, don't you think, Brett? I mean, I mean, I, I mean, they're probably worth a, a bunch of money, but I'd be more likely to give them to his to his widow, don't you think? That they would want his. This might be the last Pro Bowl pants he ever had. Yeah, I, I would. Yeah, I I agree. That, that's pretty cool. I also I got I got something else cool. This is not going to be as cool. This might show you how crazy I am. My buddy worked at a pawn shop in Lamont Hollandquest, pawned his NFC championship ring, and so I got Lamont Hollandquest's NFC championship ring from '96. Wow! Wow! <laughs> I don't know. What I, that, didn't, I, I don't I know. Didn't what, know he, I, I didn't know he pawned anything. <clears throat> yeah, I guess players if they get you know if they get you know a heart. Well, you got a lot of rings. You had three. What were the MVP rings like? Were they big? We. I didn't get a ring. They may give them out now. So you were. Th- I got absolutely nothing. 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 Not a car. Not a. No, no. Nothing. I went to college with Larry Bird's brother Jeff, and so he was my roommate. Jeff Bird was my roommate. That's how I got to be friends with Larry Bird. And the NBA also um, MVP got a brand new Cadillac every year because we because he sent it down to Indiana State and, that, and we would drive it around because he got three of them. And so the the um, MVP for the uh, NBA gets a, got a you know got, that's an '86 got a free car. They didn't you you didn't get nothing. No. Out of all your backups, who was your favorite backup? Oh man! And I mean, worked, a lot of people don't realize that you worked with Jim McMahon for a couple of years. What was that like? It was awesome. High football IQ, crazier than the loon. Um. Very confident, but super nice. Could a guy like you, would he be, because obviously he was back up, and would he, t- t- like, teach you some stuff? Like, you Oh, know? absolutely. Yeah, he was he was awesome. Um, I, you know, I'm sure he wanted to play. And there was probably times he, you know, it would have been justification if Homer would have said, I'm I'm putting Jim in. Yeah, they would have burned Jim Lambeau Field down. I Jim mean, and, a bear. You know, Jim and – Jim and Mike got along great. They they went way back to BYU together, um, and he was he was one of the you know one of the few guys that were that I played with that were old, when I was actually starting that was older than I and had a fair amount of success, uh, which he did. Yeah, won a Super Bowl. I leaned on that. Um, but Jim, Jim would be one of my favorites. Doug Peterson, Matt Hasselback, Ty Detmer. Mark Burnell. Mark Burnell. Uh, Craig Nall. Uh, I, you know, I start thinking about the guys. I mean, there's a long list of guys. Yeah, yeah. And Peter, Peter, I, think Peter, I think you're with Peterson the longest. I think Peterson was like five or six years, I think. Yeah, I think it was actually longer than that because he came back um, for a second stint. And Doug probably helped me the most. He was a great signal stealer. Really? This was back when you signaled in offense and defensive plays. Back when Andy Reid had to wear the yellow shirt. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Right. And then several years uh, after Doug was, was on our team, they changed the rule and allowed offenses to radio the plays in, but defense was still signaling in plays. 
So some coaches were, well, uh, uh, what's, what's his name in Minnesota? Uh, oh God. Vic, not, not big fans. Uh, I'll think of his name. Denny green. No, the defense coordinator. Oh, I forget. He, Dion liked him a lot too. I forget. He, uh, he would, he, you know, he didn't want anybody, uh, shielding him. He didn't want anybody blocking he was old school. So he would get out on the field and, and like, for example, bomb blitz, which was everybody coming. Right. The, I still remember today the signal was like you're pressing in a, right. you know, a, a lever for a bomb. And you know, would you, was, would, now would you see that or Doug see that and then sing Doug the signal? Was, I, I, I could have looked over there some and every once in a while, but most of the time it was standard cover two. That was cover two. Right. Um, but Doug would, you know, when something was up, he had a direct line to me as well, which they've now they've, they've changed that. The only one guy can talk to you. Only one guy has an open line. So, as, Doug, you're, so as you're running up to the huddle and you could literally have Peterson going, Hey Brett, uh, bomb blitz, bomb blitz. Absolutely. Andy would say, all right, Brett, blue right F short two jet flanker drive. I'd say blue right up short, two Jeff like driver one, ready, break. And then Doug would say, weak side pressure, weak side pressure. You know, so but you, he he studied a, it. He I mean he he was dead on almost every time. So on that play you just called, Brett, who's getting the ball, right? What what you just called? The the the, the number one read is flanker. That could have been Sterling. Right. That could have been Antonio, could have been Robert Brooks. Just depends on who was in the game. Right. If he was covered on a shallow cross, then the next read was the tight end. Could have been Shamira, could have been Keith Jackson, Bubba Franks. Uh, so every every read had one, two, three. Here's where I want you to throw it. If not, here's where the second read is. Here's the third. Who was this is a bad one. Don't get mad at me. Randy Moss, Sterling Sharp. You played for both. Um, as far as how they played with me, Sterling Sharp, he was just a, he, uh, he was a stud. Was he not just a stud? He was triple covered almost every time, but somehow he managed to, he, and he only got his hands on the ball. Whatever I, can I, can I give you a list of uh, some of my favorite all-time Packers and just to show you how obscure (laughs) Travis Jervy. Remember Travis Jervy? Yeah. I sure. love that guy. Then he, went to, he went on to Arizona, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, James Campen. I love that guy. I mean, he was one of my favorite Packers of all time. If you, yeah, if, James was my center my first year and a half. Um, Bryce, great coach now. Bryce Pop. Were you and Bryce close? Yeah. Bryce, good guy. Hard. Hard nose, heck of a player. When when you when you and Ron having such a close relationship, did he ever, you know, kind of what Rogers is going through now, I guess, and I think I think Aaron's been able to get, I think Aaron listen, I'm all for them giving Aaron uh, a little bit of whip in the in the personnel. I think that that's the new way the quarterback yeah. I mean, you know, it, it I'm sure that Mahomes It is what it is. It, the, it is what it is. And and you gotta you gotta offer these high level quarterbacks that now. That's just the way it is. I mean, you know. Um, did, did, did Ron ever come to you with personnel type stuff? No, no, absolutely you, not. Now you, you laugh at that, but I mean, it's, it's not unreasonable to ask that question because it's, they're doing it now, right? Yeah. It, it's, it was just a different era. I mean, yeah, you would never cross the line and say, Mike or Ron, you know, I think we need to draft this guy or free agent wise, this guy would be a great pickup. I think I, I, I could work well with him. You know, Mike, first of all, would have been like, you can barely do your job on your own. <laughs> and you're going to tell me how to coach or who we should put in. And Ron would have probably probably been a little more compassionate, but stern. Like, I appreciate your input, but we're not going – we're not going there. Go to your 400 acres and mow them. This because I think that's what, back in the day. It's what we what you used to tell me. And I need to get back to my place to start working on the farm. I got 400 acres. I got things to do. Yeah. 
how how was how was Mike Sherman? Did you did you, was was you know that was kind of a that was a tough time as a Packer fan. The Mike Sherman era. I just I'm just being yeah, Mike, Mike did a good job. Mike was a great guy. He's a really good coach. Um, you know, but he was he was kind of raw like I was early on, and uh, Mike was seasoned had been pretty much everywhere he had been. There was tremendous success. BYU. He played at USC. You know, he coached at 49ers where they won Super Bowl after Super Bowl. So you, it's almost like you've had a cheat sheet for years. And then when you become the head coach, you kind of know how things should run and what a good player and what a good team is versus a bad player or a bad team. Uh, Brett Favre on the phone with me. It's just so surreal. I was working at Willie Davis's all-pro broadcasting, WLUM, in February of 2012. I was on the air working for Willie, and that's when they did the trade, and I can remember getting on the air being like, I don't even know who this guy is, Brett Favre, something like that. I mean, he, I don't even know what the Packers are thinking. The Magic Man's the man. Like, what's going on around here? And I can remember I was at the Mayfair Mall. That's where the radio station was uh, in, in Milwaukee, uh, working for Willie Davids when they made the trade for you. I can, I can remember like it was yesterday. Yeah, I don't remember a lot, uh, especially from from those times. But I, I remember the day I was traded very well. And I think and June was, Jones called you first, right? And was June like, called me first. Was like Brett, man, I love you, buddy. You know, but this is probably best for you. You're gonna, you know. And then I think I think uh, Ron Wolf called you second. I think. Yeah, those two were the only two that called. June was awesome as he was the whole year with me, spent a lot of extra time with me, didn't have to, was very uh, engaging with me as far as coaching. Again, he didn't have to be. And uh, said some nice things on the phone. And then Ron Wolf called me and said, look, you're our guy. We we gave up a first-round pick for you. Uh, so we stuck our neck out there. But I believe in you. And uh, – we're happy to have you. What hard, what 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 did hard ass Irv tell you? Listen, kid, you better go up here and kick some ass now. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. Maybe even a little. Maybe take this a little stern. more seriously, Brett. God damn it! Come on, go up here and do something. <laughs> when I got the call, I think we were eating crawfish and drinking beer. Yeah, exactly. You know what? Before I let you go, first of all, I I just can't tell you how how thankful I am to spend some time with you, but. More importantly, I followed your career throughout your entire career. A couple things. One, I don't know if people realize you're kind of a mess up in life. You've done some stupid stuff. Like much like me, I've done stupid stuff. But you've had a rock of a wife that has put up with your antics from you know from just boneheaded stuff that you've done. And she uh, has been through hell. You know, she uh, is a breast cancer survivor. She has her own foundation. And there were some, you know, you put her in some pretty tough times and your wife should be, she's not recognized nearly enough, Brett, on, uh, you get recognized, you're the stud, you're Brett Favre, you're gunslinger, Superman, but Deanna, she is truly a lot of your mojo. I, 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 oh, mean, I, I mean, she put yeah, up, you put, you put her through hell, Brett. <laughs> you're, you're absolutely right. Presently, she's training for an Ironman. I mean, she's tougher than nails. She she oh, she could probably still she could probably beat you in basketball. I bet you. Oh, there's no question. <clears throat> yeah, she played no basketball question. in college. I think she played she played uh, softball and, and baseball back before it was fast pitch. Going back, back when you could back. hang them up there. Can you can you still play yeah. softball a little bit? Yeah, but my back is in bad shape. I've had ten epidurals in two years. Oh, I don't know why. Well, I know why, because you got they used to throw you down like a sack of potatoes. That's Warren Sapp yeah, would come I, in and spear the hell out of you. That's why. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, hunting in Kansas one time. I think it was last year. And the guy at the property we were hunting, I was kind of hunched over, which some days I'm hunched over. Some days I feel better, and, and maybe you wouldn't know I played football. But this guy who had been a friend of mine for five or six years Looks like your back's hurting. I said, man, it's killing me. He goes, why? And I go, 
Need I answer that? Yeah. Did you see I got sacked as about as many times as interceptions as I threw? I'm hurting bad, buddy. I went 231 games or something like that without missing a game. That I don't know that record will ever be bro- uh, broken, Brad. I don't know. I don't think it ever will. Be. I don't know if anybody is smart enough or, or dumb enough to attempt it. Yeah, you're right. I mean, when most guys sit out, you were like, ah, oh, this is just some, oh, you know, whatever. Irv says yeah. I had to play through this. Yeah, I had no choice. I had to play. Hey, congratulations on your daughter. I think your oldest daughter's an attorney now and uh, married to a British guy who doesn't know how much how much of a stud his father-in-law really is. Has no idea. Which is pretty cool, <laughs> yeah, but he's a great guy. Yeah. He has, he has, he's British and he has no idea that you're like just, you know, one of the, you know, one of the legends that roll around here. If it's not soccer, he has no clue. Could you play soccer? I mean, could you could you I probably could have, but I I, I don't think running was not my you got to run a lot. Yeah, you were pretty. I mean, you 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 were you were you were a pretty good runner. Yeah, but I mean, you, there's a lot of stop and goes and not eighty yard runs. The soccer field, you run in length of the field nonstop. Brett Favre was good for 10, 12, and they'll slide on you. Or or you'll do one of those little looky look passes right before you get to the line of scrimmage. I loved when you used to do that. Yeah, yeah, I was. Some work, some did. Most of them worked, though. But I bet oh, you Holmgren, I bet you Holmgren got your ass when you got. Cause that's not the play that was called. That little bull crap well, over, I, you know. My first official pass in regular season was in Tampa, and I caught my first pass, which is a great trivia question. I but, saw, I saw but, that you you caught it. Unfortunately, and they you. I lost seven yards. Um. Uh. Listen, Brett. I can't. I can't thank you enough. And we had your doctor on yesterday. And yeah, we have a, we have a doctor on our show as well. Our doctor and our co-host of our show is named Dr. Dan Diaco. His dad was the longtime doctor for the Buccaneers, Dr. Joe Diaco. Oh, okay. So cool. they were talking all about the concussion protocol and things like that. And boy, it would be neat if that guy's stuff, you know, ends up going. I mean, it would probably have helped you. How many times do you think you were concussed? A hundred? Well, no, no, way more than that. Uh, see, the thing about concussions is what, we still don't know a lot about them. But if you if you'd asked me this ten years ago, how many concussions I've had, I'd have said three. Where and I, the reason I would have said three, I thought concussions were when you get knocked out, where you black out uh, for a period of time, you don't know where you are, memory loss. Um, dizzy, you know, a boxer gets knocked out. He tries to get up. His legs rubber. That's a concussion. Right. What we now know is concussions happen all the time. So, like, you you get tackled and your head hits the turf and you 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 see the you know flashes of light or ringing in your ears, but or, you're able to play. Or you get that stinger, that's, that little stinger for five or six that, seconds. That's a concussion. So, based on that. Thousands it had to be because every time I hit at the turf, there was ringing or stars going, flash bulbs. But I was still able to play, and uh, that's what's kind of frightening about the concussion thing. It's it's the ones that seem minor that do the damage because uh, you're able to play and keep going, and and still today, I mean, there's probably guys that have them that. I'm not, I'm not going out. I'm not going out. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these guys don't want to lose their spot. I mean, it's their livelihood. Not everybody's uh, Brett Favre that, you know, has a, you know, zillion-dollar deal and stuff with a with a white pickup truck and a chained-up muffler. Not everybody's like that. That's, that's correct. <laughs> hey, I really would love to promote anything you got going on. I don't know why some big network doesn't have – why you're not the next Tony Romo or Aikman. You're better than both, not only on the field, but I think that you – are you know have as much football knowledge and as a great communicator? Are, have you have you thought about that at all, Brett? Being a color, I, I've thought about it. It's really not. I haven't really pursued it. Uh, Man, you ought to because people love the hell out of you. They love the hell what you got to say. Well, I think I could be. I don't. I don't think anybody can be John Madden, but I could be a little bit different. And uh, you could be the player version of John Madden, very much so. A little more folksy, yeah. you know, a little yeah. more folksy. And, and I may. You know, if, if that opportunity ever arises, I, I mean, you saw I'll the kind of you saw the kind of money Brady's going to get. I mean, Brady's got that paycheck waiting for him. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy money. We're almost signed a hundred million dollar deal. Um, I mean, I know you got a lot of money, Favre, but you could use another hundred million. Come on, work with me. Who? 
Who couldn't? Yeah, I mean, you. I know you got everything. I, I mean, you don't got no car payments or nothing. And I mean, you got your. I think your oldest daughter's an attorney, so you're doing good. And you and and your wife's happy. Everything. And you got your little gold brace, making a lot of money from those guys. But my God, thirty-five a million a year for just you know doing some 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 old school play-by-play. You know, God, that's that's good money. Yeah, and it's great money. Yeah, you're right. I may, I may. Who knows? Hey, I love to talk to you from time to time. Do you even remember? Do you even know what my name is, Brett? Lumpy. But, but, Bubba. But don't Google me because I've been part. You know, I've done some stupid Brett Favre stuff in my life as well. So don't Google me, Bubba. Bubba the Love Sponge is my name. I love it. Yeah. Well, don't. But don't. You know what? More importantly, don't let your wife Google it. Just you keep it to yourself and tell her that I said good things about her. You got it. Did I do okay, Brett? Do I did I do? I was. You got to understand. Like I'm just. I'm just totally beside. No, it was fun. Fun. It was good. Can I show you my Brett Favre picture? (laughs) And it not look like too much of a. a, Look at it. My guy. Guy did that for me. You like that? That's man. That's awesome. Yeah. I think I just showed my ass right now. I think it was going good, and then I just showed him a picture. So I showed my ass. (laughs) Hey, Brett. Um. Thank you so much for taking some time, and we're going to keep in touch with the doctor as things progress there, and maybe from time to time we can have you on. From, uh, from yeah, let's do time. it. Thank you, Brett. Love to. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Yeah. Good talking. Thanks, bye, Brett. Bye, Brett. Thanks. Thank you. Bye, bye. Wow, guys, I hope I didn't come across too like a little bitch. That was awesome, Bubba. But I've just, I'm just, I was, I'm nervous. Did I do okay? I've never seen you so excited yeah. for an interview. Yeah, you were so nervous. I was so nervous. That was cool. Good job, Lumpy. Good job. Good job, Mama. <laughs> and I'm bl- Red Favre thinks I'm Blumpy. <laughs> the Bubba Radio Network will return after this. Red Favre thinks I'm Blumpy. Blumpy. Was it joking? I made zero impression on my guy. Lumpy. <laughs> we need to get that excerpt that Brett Favre thought I was, was it Lumpy or Lumpy? L- lumpy. Lumpy. Brett Favre. <laughs> you have all these posters that I'm going to say Lumpy. <laughs> Fucking Brett Favre thinks I'm Blumpy. Man. Do you remember I thought me? I nailed it. Yeah. You remember it after? <laughs> Well, this at least Brett Favre will know he did good on that. The Blumpy's a good guy. Oh shit! Blumpy the Love Sponge. Fucking Blumps. Blumpy. I would call you Blumps. I'm Blumpy. <laughs>